You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Welcome to the Fantasy Wildcard. I'm your host, Kev. You can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Goat. With me tonight, as always, is my co-host, Matt, who you can follow on Twitter at MattFFDynasty. Good evening, Matt. How are you? Evening, Kev. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing great. Thanks. What about yourself? Yeah, pr- pretty decent. Um, I'm just wondering, have you recovered from your hangover? <laughs> yeah, I might, I might have had one too many beers over the weekend, but... I'm refreshed. Um, I needed to get out of my system, obviously. Not been able to have a drink over this last year over in the UK with uh, all the pubs shut. So went a little bit crazy, but I'm, I'm back on form now. Kevin, all right. Yeah, I think when you hit 30, it's uh, it's a lot different. And if you're day drinking as well, that just doubles the fun <laughs> for you. Yeah, you never, you never learn. <laughs> and as well as Matt, we've got our other co-host, Sally, who you can follow on Twitter at FF Dynasty Grill. Good evening, The Grill. Good evening, Kev. <laughs> How are you today? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good, thank you. Smashing stuff. I'm sure I've got an exciting show in in store today. It's one of Matt's favourite topics. But before we <laughs> uh, before we get into the meat of the show, just want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Silver FX. Silver FX is a leading supplier of bespoke teamwear, including podcasts, sports clubs, universities, and schools. Choose from Silver FX's own bespoke range, modified designs, or customize your own from scratch. Get your own team shop, meaning no more order chasing, all completely secure online with speed and efficiency. We at Fantasy Wildcard have our very own merchandise store, bringing you our fantastic logo branded across several quality items, including hoodies, hats, jackets, T-shirts and shorts, plus many more. Please be sure to check out SilverFX at SilverFX underscore sports and www.silverfx.co.uk. Thank you very much, as well as our... Uh, sponsor, we'd also like to give a big shout out regarding our streamer phone, and Matt will take you away. Yeah, I just wanted to obviously remind the, the listeners and the viewers of the Fantasy Wildcard Streamathon that we're coming up next month. Um, it'll be on Saturday, the 22nd of May. Um, and we're obviously going to have a 16 hour live stream going over all 32 NFL teams um, from a dynasty perspective. And we've got some awesome guests coming along and, and joining us along the way. Um, and it's all for, for obviously a, a great cause and a great charity in mind. Uh, who help people who, who suffer with and, and are struggling with mental illness. So at the moment, obviously, we know everything that's gone on over this past year. It, it's something that I know is close to all three of us hearts. So a great cause. So, yeah, be sure to check the the pinned tweet on our Twitter page at Fantasy Wildcard. And on there, you can find us just giving link and also the list of all the, the guests that we've got joining us um, on that Saturday. Uh, so, yeah, any donations and Obviously, any support, it's, it's hugely appreciated, and we look forward to seeing you uh, on the stream. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic uh, fantastic event. It's um, it's coming around really quick. It's just over four weeks. It, it, I remember when we were looking at starting this in back in January, we thought we had plenty of time, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's absolutely flowing, and we're just looking forward to talking to a lot of great guests and, mo- most importantly, raising money for a fantastic cause as well. Yeah. It's my well. We'll get into our show today then. We've come on to the final part of our Dynasty Landscape series where we'll be looking at the Dynasty tight end landscape. Uh, So we'll be looking at the various tight ends from around the league from a Dynasty perspective and giving you our take on where they're at and what we can expect moving forward. 
So, first of all, we'll start off with a hot one. We've got uh, Ali, who's your first uh, tight end? So, I've got the people's tight end. It's George Kittle from the 49ers. Uh, and actually, he's, he's probably one of my favourite players not on the team that I support. I just love his play style. Uh, but in terms of uh, Dynasty, um, his, uh, his 2020 season was, was derailed by injury. Uh, but he's, he's still obviously one of the very best tight ends. Um, it's probably due to his play style that he picks up so many injuries. You always see him take big hits across the middle, um, but that's just who he is. He's a warrior. Um, I guess that's why I love him. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's personally my tight end two, Dynasty tight end two. Um, I think his upside is is way too high to drop him any lower than that. Um, but he's actually the the, AD, the current ADP tight end one, which is... Um, wow. I'm always a bit confused about that because... <laughs> I always see Kelsey. Kelsey is 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 way in front of him in in my rankings. Um, I like only assume that it's people looking at Kelsey's age, thinking that he's going to slow down. But to me, he doesn't show any sign of that at the minute. So, so I've got him as my tight end too. Um, and actually, the recent drafts that I've done, um, Kel- uh, Kittle's always been taken behind Kelsey. Um, but yeah, he's still only 27 years old, so he's, he's well in his prime. He's still got plenty of years ahead of him. Um, the 49ers are going to be drafting a, a rookie quarterback, um, whether it be Fields, Lance, or, or Mac Jones, who was first brought off. Um, but whether they do that or not, my value on Kittle's not going to change. He's still going to be my tight end too. Uh, he's, he's the alpha on that team for me. Um Debo and, and I, uh, are secondary fielders, they're, they're good receivers in their own right, but they're, they're not the alpha on the team. Um, yeah. But yeah, I do honestly think that I've seen some some trades go down where Kittle's been traded away fairly cheap. I think there's a bit of a, a window here if there's nervous owners thinking that they're going to have an injury-riddled tight end, um, they might want to trade them away. So um, I think there's an opportunity at the minute to, to trade for Kittle. Um, so my question to you two is, have you got Kittle or Kelsey as your dynasty tight end number one? And and do you think the rookie coming in to replace Jimmy G, is that an upgrade or a downgrade for Kittle? Yeah, so I have Kelsey still as, as my dynasty tight end one. Um, obviously, I love the talent that Kittle's got, as you just said, but I just think as regards to the production, it just doesn't come close to, to Kelsey for me. Um, Kelsey's had five straight tight end one seasons. I obviously, I get that Kittle is younger, but as you just mentioned, Kelsey is showing no signs of slowing down um, whatsoever. And and for me, I'd rather take the guy that's on that high-powered Chiefs offense than 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 the guy in the 49ers, if if I'm honest. Um, and then in regards to 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 the quarterback coming in, um, I think it has to be an upgrade for me, um, not just for for Kittle, but for the the offense as a whole. Um, we know Jimmy G struggled in 2020 before the injury. Um, he had seven touchdowns, but he also had five interceptions um, in those five games that he played. Um, and we know that the system that Kyle Shanahan runs, it's always going to mean that Kittle is going to be one of the focal points of the offense. And also we know that rookie quarterbacks, they, they like that safety net of a, of a tight end. And when you've got one of the best tight ends in the league, I think he's always going to get that those targets from from whoever's his quarterback, basically. Um, personally, I'm hoping it's not Mac Jones. If if I've got to pick one, I'm, I'm hoping it's Fields or Wilson. I just think those two fit in a lot better to, to that offence. But, yeah, I, I think it's going to be an upgrade, uh, whoever's the quarterback for me. 
Yeah, it's full house on this one from the Wildcard boys. Uh, I've got Kelsey as my tight end one also. Um, I wrongly put Kittle there last off-season, but after 2020, I don't know how people can be still fading Kelsey. Um, I think it's really interesting that uh, Kittle was a tight end one in ADP in August and he's still now. Um, I do find it slightly odd because every league I'm in, Kelsey always goes before Kittle. Um but yeah, I guess with Kittle now, he's he's going at an ADP of pick 30 in startups. I wonder if the people's champs value has hit rock bottom. <laughs> Wait. Oh, that's, that, that's one of your better ones, that, Kev. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Come on. <laughs> uh, but then to answer the second part of your question, getting back, back focused again now, um, I actually think any of the top five rookie QBs except Trey Lance would be an immediate upgrade for Kittle. Um, I do love Trey Lance, don't get me wrong, but I do think he is project coming from an FCS program at North Dakota State. Jimmy G, I think he's an average NFL QB, to be honest. He's someone that offers so little in the run game, but he's still inconsistent as a passer. Um, if you remember on the play that Kittle actually got injured last season, it was an easy throw where it just basically airmailed it to Kittle, who jumped up and caught it and then got absolutely smashed, a bit like Matt on Saturday. Um, but yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm convinced if it's... I'm convinced it's going to be Fields or Jones at pick three, which I think is fantastic for Kittle's dynasty outlook. So I'll throw a question back to you, Ali. Which QB do you think the 49ers will take? And do you have a preference on which one they take as a Kittle owner? Um, well, if you'd have asked me a couple of weeks ago, I'd have said and probably put money on Mac Jones. Um, <laughs> it was it was a consensus pick. Uh, he was getting mocked there in, in nearly every mock. Um but now it looks like it looks like Fields is probably uh, in the in the lead for that pick. Um, I'd love Fields to go there personally. Um, Fields or or Trey Lance. I don't mind Trey Lance. I think if they if they do go Trey Lance, I think it's the most unlikely of the three. Then you're probably going to get half a season of Jimmy G still, which again is not not too bad. Um, but my preference would be would be Fields followed by Matt Jones and then followed by Trey Lance there. Matt, are you same as Ali on that one? Yeah, I think Fields for me is probably the, the guy that I've got at the top. Um, as you mentioned, Trey Lance, I, I'm a big fan of Trey Lance, but you've said it, I, I don't think he's, he's going to be ready straight away. He's one that, that you'd probably sit behind Jimmy G for, for a few games. Um, yeah, I just can't believe that, that Matt Jones was actually being touted as the, the third overall pick. I mean... It's it's took a few pro days from from fields for people to remember just how good he is. I mean, it's crazy, but that's just me. Yeah, it's very interesting. I still think it's 50-50, to be honest. I, no, I no. <laughs> Don't <laughs> say be, that. <laughs> it shouldn't be at all, but um, yeah, you just you, you never. I know just can't believe, believe that, that. Why would they move up to the? Th- uh, I'm not. No, I'm not having it. <laughs> they pretty much give up. Was it three number ones? To get, yeah, uh, to get Mac Jones, is, is that what Mac I was saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's it would be, right, uh, be pretty hilarious, I've got yeah. to say that. If it happens, we'll, 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 we'll clip this uh, this little conversation. It can be a good laugh for everybody. Definitely, yeah. indeed. So uh, before we move on to our next Titan, we've had a, a message in the chat from um, our good friend Rich. He said, <laughs> at T-Strack, Mark Andrews sucks. So that might be a spoiler for the next Titan we talk about, Matt. Yeah, so it's Mark Andrews. Um, obviously finished as the tight end six in 2020, just over 700 receiving yards and, and seven touchdowns. 
But we know the Ravens, they don't throw the ball a ton. Um, Andrew's actually finished 10th in targets amongst tight ends in 2020. And for me, that just makes him a bit of a volatile tight end, to be honest. And admittedly, that's that's not saying a lot as regards to tight ends in fantasy. I mean, they can all be, be volatile. But when he's got an ADP of, of tight end five, I just find myself fading him for, for that reason. Um, personally, I think there's other tight ends that are even lower than, than Andrew's in ADP. Um, that are in better situations and, and have got that potential to to at least have more upside in, in fantasy than what Andrews has. Um, obviously, we know the addition of Sammy Watkins. While he's is is nothing special, but I think is is an improvement on what they what they had at the Ravens. Um, and I and I think it's almost guaranteed that they're going to be grabbing another weapon in in the NFL draft. And when it's when you've got these limited uh, pass attempts coming from Lamar Jackson, I just think it it makes it even more crowded than than what it was before. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to know your guys' feelings. Um, if the Ravens had a weapon in in the draft, will you still be comfortable taking Andrews as a top four, top five tight end in fantasy? Yeah, I think without wanting to upset our good friend T Strack, who's uh, <laughs> he's a fantasy wildcard hype man, he's also a huge Ravens fan. Um, I'm personally not comfortable drafting Andrews at cost in, in dynasty startups. Sorry. Um, I think it's a combination of reasons for me, the, the pass volume overall from the Ravens, but also uh, the game fear, the opportunity cost of taking Andrews where you take him. Um, we've seen that the Ravens are the least pass-happy team in the NFL over the last two seasons. Uh, and like I said, Sam Watkins, it, while he's a relative bust, he's a significant upgrade on Miles Boykin, a guy who's had 32 receptions in two seasons. Now, in terms of strategy, I think Andrews is too volatile to consider it as a, an elite tight end. He does, he does still have plenty of potential with him only being 25. However, when 40% of the last two years you're failing to hit um, 10 fantasy points in a game, you can't really rely on that for the cost you're taking him at. And also, the running backs and wide receivers around him that you could take instead in your startups. For example, you've got him sandwiched in between David Montgomery and Chase Claypool at the current ADP. So I'd rather grab one of those guys and fade tight end um, at that cost. Yeah, I'm pretty similar to you, Kev. Uh, I, I don't see the Ravens changing their game plan going forward, which could be could be a good sign for for Andrews. Um, I think they do draft a wide receiver in the in the draft, and um, even if they did, he'd still be he'd still be in my top five. Um, I've got him and him and Hopkinson back to back at four and five in my rankings. I think Andrews is still going to be that that red zone target hog, so he's going to have the touchdown upside. Um, but I'm a bit like you. I've got a, a tough time drafting Andrews where he is. Um, his current ADP is a bit too high for me, so I usually end up with with little shares. Um, you mentioned Montgomery and Claypool around the area, and I'd much rather take them too. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, th I personally think we could have seen Andrews' ceiling. I know he's only 25 years old, but that 2019 season with the t 10 touchdowns was, was pretty good. Um, I can't see him getting, you know, surpassing that. Maybe you know another season like that. But um, if if they draft a wide receiver, then that's gonna that's gonna lower his ceiling, um, which I fully expect them to do. So firing a question back to you, Matt. <clears throat> Mark Andrews in twenty twenty one. Does he finish as a top six tight end for you? I expect him to be around that mark, top six, top eight, but. It's going to be a common theme that I'm probably going to say all throughout this episode. But when you're talking tight ends, that that can mean nothing. You could, you could have any guy that can jump in around that mark. So, um, 
And if I'm honest, I wouldn't be surprised to see guys that are below him in his ADP jumping above him. You've just mentioned guys like Hawkinson, Noah Fan, players like that. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see those guys jumping him. Um, as I say, the situation, it doesn't fill me with confidence, but I do respect the talent that he has. And compared to, to some of the quality of tight ends in the league, he is arguably one of the better ones. It's, it's just this offence and... As we say, with the added weapons, even if Lamar Jackson takes a, a step forward, it's still a risk for me. And I just think there's other tight ends that I'd rather have that just feel a little bit more, a little bit more comfortable with, and uh, and you can rely on a little bit more. Yeah, I think we've safely navigated that, and we've not had too many uh, too many comments from Tom in the in the uh, in mm. the chat. But <laughs> he didn't like I eight. He... I don't. I think he wanted a bit higher than eight. But yeah, I think he. <laughs> He, rightly so, he's he's a Ravens fan. He, he sees him more than uh, more than we do. But yeah, I think we're all probably on the side of fading then um, than taking him at cost. <laughs> so um, we'll we'll move on to my my uh, first tight end. Uh, I'm going to talk about the fantasy unicorn, arguably the greatest fantasy tight end of all time, Travis Kelsey. Um, he's been the number one tight end for five straight seasons. Personally, I think anyone that doesn't have him as a tight end one in Dynasty is either ageist or doesn't like winning. Um, he's shown elite durability. He hasn't missed a game for injury since 2013. Um, he's in his age 32 season, but he doesn't show any sign of slowing down. Um, his two highest uh, scoring fantasy seasons have also come in the last three years, uh, and this probably coincides with him being tied to another elite guy. You might have heard of this guy. Um, he's called Pat Mahomes. Um, so yeah, Kelsey he was he was the cheat code in 2020. Many teams won fantasy titles because they had him on their roster. Um, it gives such a positional advantage at tight end, scoring double what a low end tight end one gives you. And his 20.9 fantasy points per game in 2020 was good for wide receiver three, outscoring guys like Diggs, Ridley, and Hopkins. Um, for me, is easily my tight end one if you can get him at value do it and he's actually one of the few players I believe you should overpay for as well based on the advantage he gives you at the position. So with Kels going on the 3-4 uh, turn in Dynasty Startups, what's the best way to approach the construction of the rest of your roster in the early rounds uh, and where are you more? Where are you most comfortable being short on your roster if you do decide to go early tight end with Kelsey? Um, for me, I like to grab my running backs early. Um, so I typically, in the super flex, I'd probably go QB round one, as long as one of the sort of top six, seven guys are there. Um, go running back second round. Um, I think there's some really good depth there. And then I'll probably look at a running back or, or Kelsey in sort of the back end of the third, early fourth. I'm very happy taking Kelsey there. He's almost like a wide receiver one, as you say. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy, even if I'm slightly overpaying for Kelsey, um, if I'm overdrafting him, then so be it. It's going to give me at least two or three more years of elite production. Um, so I'm probably happiest to be short and wide receivers. So the following sort of three or four rounds, I can hammer the wide receiver position. Um, maybe not have one of the elite guys like Devontae Adams or Tariq Hill, but have sort of the 10 to 20 range. I'm quite happy taking three or four of those. Um so yeah, his, his consistency is like no other. He's, he's hardly misses a game. He puts up so many points per game. He's that reliable. So I'm, I'm happy to to overdraft him personally. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm similar to you, Ali, in that I like to secure at least one top quarterback and then I'd use the aim for a couple of running backs. 
Um, but I think you can make it work if, if you get Kelsey in the third round and then follow it up with a, an RB in the fourth. I, I believe there's still enough quality in that fourth round in regards to running backs that, that you can make that move. And then I just think securing somebody like Kelsey, it just gives you such a positional advantage that, as you say, it's hard to pass up on for me. Um, I'd honestly be fine even grabbing him in the mid-second. I know Kev, we spoke about it uh, during the season. I was saying even potentially round one. And I mean... <laughs> you love I tight just, ends, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> it might just be my bias towards tight ends. But I just think with that advantage you're getting, I mean, for me, it's just it's hard to, to turn down. But... Yeah, and then when we, it's wide receiver for me as well, the, the position that I tend to fade more than any, just because of the pure amount of depth that there is at the position um, compared to all the other positions in fantasy. Um, you can wait until the sixth round to take your first wide receiver. And according to DLF ADP, you can get like guys like Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, even superstar Giants wide receiver Kenny oh. Galladay as your wide receiver one. So... I mean, if if I could do that and then grab a quarterback, an elite quarterback, an elite tight end, and two running backs, I'm I'm doing that all day. Um, so I'll, I'll throw a question back to you, Kev. What would you give up in terms of 2021 Superflex rookie picks to to acquire somebody like Kelsey in in Dynasty? I think it's a great question, Matt. It's one of your better questions all time. I think. Um, I'm going to say, is that a compliment or is that is that a kicking teeth? No, it's a good, really good question. Actually, I'll just just playing a bit. Um, so so yeah, acquiring Kelsey and Dynasty for 2020 Superflex rookie picks. I think first of all, logically, you don't want to be trading for Kelsey unless you've got a legit shot at becoming a champ. Um, we've mentioned he's 32. He's got a couple of years left, but I think. With, with the age factor, you you don't want to be doing it unless you are a serious contender. Um, I'd be going with the mindset of who could help me most as a rookie in 2021. So there's a couple of guys from this draft that would help a team in 2021, a couple of QBs, um, one or two running backs, and Jamar Chase the most likely. So I think the fair value to be trading for Kelsey is around the 105, 106 but as I said before, I'm willing to overpay if I'm in serious contention. So I'd be willing to go as high as the 103 in 2021 picks or a combination of picks like a, a mid-first and a mid-second. Um, is that, that sound all right? Is that, is that a bit too too much? I thought, I thought, well, <laughs> I thought that were interesting because you say 106. That could be where Kyle Pitts is going. He could be going around that mark. And I mean, as much as I, I think Kyle Pitts is going to be a great tight end, if I can get the best tight end in the league for that for that price, I'm doing it every day. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, it's very logical what you've said there, mate. It's, it's spot on. If you're giving me a choice of Kelsey or Pitts, I'm taking Kelsey, even if I'm rebuilding, and I'll just yeah. trade him off. Because <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's uh, that's fantastic value. What's your thoughts on that theory, uh, Ali? Yeah, absolutely spot on. Uh, um, I'd absolutely trade. Uh, Pitts, you know, all the 106 for Kelsey, I'd definitely go as high as the 103, especially if, if you're a, a win-now team. Um, Kelsey's just, he is that cheat code, isn't he? Uh, you get a, that advantage over any any other player in, in the league at that position, so I'd be, um, yeah, sending, sending the 103 or, or a combination, like you said, a first and a second. I'd, I'd be happy with that if I was going all in in 2021. Yeah, we love Kelsey. If you can get him, do it. If you can't, 
try again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice and well. We'll move on to our next tight end, and we'll come back to you, Ali. So this is someone on the opposite uh, scale, where I'm actually not definitely not trying to buy, I'm actually trying to sell, which is Robert Tunyon, or Tunyon, however you say it. Um, <laughs> so he, he actually finished as the tight end three, uh, the joint tight end three, with one of our favourite tight ends, Logan Thomas. Um <laughs> Which which was pretty unbelievable. His his eleven touchdowns um, after previously only scoring two in his whole career, um, which is pretty unbelievable. He he only caught fifty two passes in the season to score his eleven touchdowns, which is a rate of a touchdown every four point seven catches, which is which is pretty unheard of. Um, compare that to to Kittle, who only played in eight matches but had more catches than. Than, um, than Tanyan, um, which shows he's clearly not, he's not a volume and weapon. Um, whenever Rogers can't see Adams open, then he goes to his next guy, which has been Tanyan last season. Um, he had that, that one game, I think he scored three touchdowns. Um, so he was, he was a bit of a, bit of a weapon. Um, so if you had him last year, then you probably done, done fairly well. Um, and the Packers have recently placed, second round tender on him um which is quite smart and i think it's probably too rich for for other teams to be interested um so yeah as, after that unbelievable season i'm not surprisingly fading him as a, as a sell as high as i can that's just a, an unsustainable touchdown rate for me um and also i can see the packers they've, they've got to add a wide receiver or two in the draft to surely help out aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Um, so a question for you guys are you both fading Tunyon as well after his breakout season or do you think he can still be a high end tight end going forward nah I'm definitely fading him as well Ali um, you just said beyond Adams that the Packers they didn't really have any other weapons and, and that kind of opened things up for Tunyon um, achieved most of his fantasy production through those 11 tight end uh, 11 t- touchdowns um, which he was tied first amongst tight ends as you say with, with Travis Kelsey but if you if you go on his average yards a game, it was only thirty-seven yards he was achieving each game. So it just it just shows that it was those touchdowns that were that were keeping him fantasy relevant and, and making him such a great um, tight end in fantasy. And as you say, surely, surely the Packers have to add at least one more weapon for for Aaron Rodgers. Um, I still think it can it can be a tight end one in fantasy, but as I'm going to keep on saying. That's not really saying a lot when it comes to tight ends in fantasy. Um, his ADP of tight end 11, that does seem about right. But I think you can go all the way down to tight end 13. You've still got a shot of finding somebody that can be a tight end one in fantasy. So so for that reason, I'm I'm not too keen on, on paying the price that you've got to pay to, to get somebody like Tunyon. Yeah, a revelation last season, wasn't it? I know he, he was on waivers in pretty much all my leagues up up until a couple of weeks into the season. Everybody was on the, the Jay Sternberger train for a bit, wasn't there? So um bit of a shock, but similar sentiment to, to you guys. He's a he's a fade for me as well. He's my tight end twelve. Um I'd take him if we could get him cheaper than cost, but with the tight end landscape as it is with the top three and then sort of a really flat landscape where there's loads of guys that could all give you similar value. Um, I think you can find better value later on in your drafts in the, the 20 to 30 range. Um, I do actually like how efficient it was, although in 2020 he was the number one tight end in touchdowns, in catch rate, and also in fantasy points per target. So very efficient. 
Um, his touchdown numbers will dip. I think the same of Devontae Adams too. I just wonder how likely is it that the Packers had someone significant after how well the pass game went last season? Uh, well, we all want them to, but <laughs> just saying they did really well last season in the pass game. Um, but obviously, yeah, back to Tunyon, the, the drop-off from 11 touchdowns will hurt him. So I don't think he can be valued any higher than a low-end a tight end one at a best case scenario for Dynasty. So what I'd like to ask you, Ali, is if you're a betting man, which I think you are actually, <laughs> um, will the Packers draft a wide receiver on the first two days of the draft? Well, if I was going to put a bet on, I would say most <laughs> definitely yes. Um, I think they've got to. They, they, Aaron Rodgers can't play at that level all the time um, and neither can Devontae Adams. So if, if one of those are off, it's difficult. There's no one else picking up the slack, really. So I would um, I would bet a lot of money on them taking a, a wide receiver as early as the first round, second round. Um, there's plenty of guys they could take that would fit the system. Um, and But then who knows, because I thought they were going to draft a wide receiver last year. <laughs> so you know they'll probably take another quarterback. Who knows? <laughs> what do you guys think? They've got to, aren't they? I think that with all the backlash that, that, that came last year, they've got to address it. Even if it's not the first round, it's got to be on day two. It just has to be. I mean, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm kicking up one big stink if if they don't get a, another weapon for him. Uh, we've mentioned it before. I'd like to see him grab somebody like Elijah Moore, somebody um, that can complement Devontae Adams well. I think that would be a great target and you could probably get him day two. So. If they're not willing to, to give up that, that first round pick to get one, at least at least do it on day two. I don't think they're willing round one. I think they'll uh, they'll put Packers fans on edge. I think <laughs> what you tend to find with uh, teams that losing the playoffs, they'll, they'll focus on that one game and think, mm. what did we fail with in that game to get us over the hump? How are they going to beat the the Bucks moving forward? And it's probably either bolstering the offensive line or the defensive line. So I'd imagine that's where they'll go. Because I think if they go back in next year and and they come against the Bucks again, I think they'll get turned over again. Um, and unless yeah. they change something that's going to give them a better chance against the. Uh, I don't know if if Ali's mentioned before. He's a Bucks fan. And they're the <laughs> Super Bowl champs. He don't like. He don't like to brag. He don't like. Very humble. <laughs> I figured right. out actually. They they just need to get rid of their play caller. He didn't he didn't go for it at the end. Get rid of him, and they'd have probably oh, beaten us. Yeah, that was <laughs> terrible actually. He's coming back now. It's just an interesting one though, isn't it, with the Packers? Because I'm just I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here, but we all said Aaron Rodgers can't keep up doing what he's doing. We all said that Aaron Jones can't keep doing what he's doing. We're saying it about Tony. Are they just this magical fantasy team that just keep producing outliers that that constantly overperform all the time? Perhaps. Perhaps they're taking what Tom Brady's drinking, that <laughs> ice cream or whatever it is that he's eating. <laughs> right. Enough for, enough for the books talk anyway. We... <laughs> yeah, let, let you have your moment. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on to the uh, the next tight end. I think you, you're you pretty high on this guy, Matt. Yeah, it's uh, Irv Smith. Um, a second round pick by the Vikings in 2019. And his show flashes in his rookie season and then again in his sophomore season uh, when given the opportunity, obviously, when Carl Rudolph got hurt last year. Um, but even when Rudolph come back, um, Smith was still looking like he was becoming the, the tight end one for the Vikings. And now, obviously, we know Rudolph's left to, to join the Giants. So that's freeing up, for me, a clear role for 
for Smith in 2021. Um, he's likely going to be a, the third option behind Justin Jefferson and, and Adam Thielen. Obviously, we know they're two guys that, that have been fantastic, especially last year. Um, Justin Jefferson, obviously, unbelievable rookie season. Um, but then I think it's worth noting as well that the Vikings quarterback, Kirk Cousins, is, is supported fantasy Titans in the past. Obviously, he did it with Rudolph um, for a brief time with the Vikings, but also Jordan Reed as well. It's worth remembering when uh, they were together in Washington, it, Reed looked fantastic, and and obviously it was Cousins that was supporting that. So I think it, as regards to a quarterback, he's not somebody that I'd be concerned with when it comes to, to targeting a tight end. Um, and we know that, that Smith's coming into that third season, and, and that's when tight ends tend to start developing and, and becoming fantasy relevant and adjusting to the NFL. So for me, I just think all the signs are pointing towards a, a breakout in 2021 for, for Irv Smith. Um, so I just wanted to know if you guys feel the same. Do you believe we'll see um, that breakout from Irv Smith now that Cal Rudos obviously has moved on? Yeah, I think we'll see the best year of his young career so far. Um, but I'm not fully on board with the, the the huge breakout, which I'm sure will disappoint both of you guys as big yeah. Irv, Irv Smith <laughs> fanboys. Um, How do we make Kev? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, there are positives. Um, I mean, Irv Smith is extremely young. He's entering his age 23 season. Um, he's, he's younger than consensus rookie at B1, AJ Harris. Um, also, Kirk Cousins, like you said, he's, he's vastly underrated and he's accurate. NFL QB he's had success with the Titan in the past. Um, Irv Smith is actually a Titan too, behind uh, only Robert Tunyon in fantasy points per target. However, I'm not sure that he gets the predicted huge bump in volume that would um, sort of unlock his potential. Um, Kyle Rudolph, he only had 37 targets in 2020. And to give you a bit of context, that's as many as James O'Shaughnessy and less than both rookie Harrison Bryant and Colts third stringer Marley Cox. Uh, plus, he's not getting all these vacated targets. Uh, Smith's only £242, or will be part of a committee. Um, I know I'm probably going to get heckled here, because uh, I mentioned his name um, a couple a couple of shows back, but uh, Tyler Conklin is back up. Um, <laughs> he's a he's a heavier dude. He, he had twenty six targets last season, um, so I do think it'll still be a bit of a split backfield. I do expect a bit of a bump for Smith, but uh, Tyler Conklin will be involved. So uh, I think Smith will be solid, but I'm unsure if he has <laughs> enough to be a tight end one in twenty twenty one. Come on, Ali, give, give us some positive. I'm, I'm not having it with Conklin. I'm not having it. It's there to block. <laughs> um, I'm definitely with you, Matt. Don't worry. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. Fan of Smith. I've been stashing shares of him for the last couple of seasons. So I'm really hoping for this breakout. Uh, they've obviously still got the two two elite pass catchers in, in Thielen and Jefferson. Uh, but but when, uh, when Rudolph was out, Smith averaged five targets, 3.75 receptions a game. Um, and he actually out, yeah, he saw more targets than, than Rudolph in, in 2020, which is a bit of a change of the guard there. Um, I do think this is the very last chance to buy into Smith, Kev, um, before his stock, <laughs> before he has a breakout. <laughs> um, he's my tight end nine in Dynasty, so I'm quite high on him. And I can actually see him in a year's time probably being a bit higher than that as high as maybe the titan six um wow. so i'll throw a question question back to you matt <clears throat> how much would you be prepared to to offer to if you were to trade for smith 
Yeah, well, I'm like you, Ali. He's, he's my tight end eight, so I'm I'm just as high on him as what you are. And and I think he has that potential to to finish in the top eight. I know we've just been on about Mark Andrews. I don't see why it's too dissimilar. And honestly, that the situation that they're in, um, both run first teams, um, going to be playing a lot of two tight end sets. So, I mean, the, the situation seems the same. So if we're going to be low on Andrews, we have to be just as as high on on Smith. I think so. Um. Mid second, I think, is a price that I'd be, be happy to pay. I'd definitely be taking him over any of the the rookie tight ends after Kyle Pitts, um, and I think that's probably going to be around that range, range late second rounds, probably where those tight ends are, are going to start going off the board. Um, so yeah, for me, mid seconds a, a fine spot to grab him. I think. Just, I'll just throw a question back to you guys. Uh, you, you say Smith's. Um... Or tight end eight, tight end nine for you guys. Are you comfortable with him as your starter this season, or would you would you look to pair him with um, an older guy that's maybe got a year left, like a uh, Jared Cook or someone like that? Um, pers- I seem always seem to draft too many tight ends on my roster. Anyway, <laughs> I always have about, <laughs> about three or four tight ends, and I, I never know which ones to play. Uh, and then I end up dropping the wrong ones. So I, I would be happy going in as my starter next season. Um, I'd probably want that sort of backup as well, sort of security blanket, like you said, a Cook or someone like that who I can draft right at the bottom, maybe a, a Jarwin, uh, um, someone like that uh, that can also break out in my eyes. That So, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy as, as my, my starting tight end. Yeah, I think I think I'm similar. If he's if he has to be the first tight end to grab, I'll be grabbing three or four guys right at the back end of the draft draft and then just just throwing it and hoping that one of them sticks if if it doesn't work out with Irv Smith. But I'm 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 confident. I think he can be a top eight. It's just it's hard when we talk about tight ends because we're never gonna get into that range of, of somebody like Kelsey or Kittle. So when we're talking about these guys, we're we're talking about fractions really when it comes to to what, what they give us in fantasy. So yeah, just just grab as many darts as you can and just hope that one of them hits the bullseye. Yeah, and a guy that got mentioned then, Blake Jarwin. I know we uh, on our last show, Linda spoke about him being um, a, a wild card for this season. We we do like Blake Jarwin a lot on this show, so um, it does actually come up in in the rest of the show. But I would say draft Blake Jarwin. Uh, and another you, Linda, <laughs> just for you. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. So uh, next up, we've got someone else you should be drafting, which is Darren Waller. He's currently going as a tight end three in Dynasty startups. Um, and he showed his top three finish in 2019 was no fluke finishing as a tight end two last season. He's now heading into his age 29 season, although this isn't old for a tight end. The, the late breakout will help his longevity into his 30s. And he has got some really impressive metrics from last season. He was a tight end one in overall targets, deep targets, red zone targets, yards after catch, and dominator rating. Um, his usage was immense. He is a volume-driven guy, which is aided by his connection with Derek Carr, plus the lack of weapons for the Raiders. Uh, so I firmly believe that he is a top three dynasty tight end for at least this season. But I do think there's some questions further down the road with upcoming guys in the league. Um Plus, there is the future star that um, will be getting a lot of hype around this time of year in Kyle Pitts. So, I want to know what would have the biggest impact on Waller's dynasty value. Uh, would it be a new QB or an alpha wide receiver? And would the impact be positive or negative for Waller's value? So, for me, I think they'd probably slightly both affect him negatively. Um, 
De Derek Carr absolutely loves Darren Waller. He, he's he's clearly his favourite target on the team. He's, he's been the alpha in that offence for the last couple of seasons. Um, the Raiders actually saw the, the highest number of, of tight end targets in the league last year, 172. 146 of them went went to Waller, which is pretty incredible. Um, and that also with the, the wide receiver play was was really pretty poor in 2020. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think they're going to draft a, a wide receiver. Um, I also think the addition of John Brown, if he can get fit, then he's quite interesting. I've always rated him quite highly. Um, and they've also brought in Kenyon Drake as well, who's going to receive quite a lot of the the receiving work at the running back position. Um, so yeah, I, th I think it's going to cap his upside slightly, but he's still, he's still the alpha um, for me, whether they change quarterback and draft a wide receiver, he's still going to be my locked in number three tight end, uh, no matter what. Yeah, I think, I think if they do add a, a top wide receiver, that, that is going to hurt Waller for me. Um he has benefited, as we said, from obviously the, the, the poor wide receiver play from the rookies in, in Ruggs and, and Edwards. But I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not out on those guys yet. I think there's only the rookie seasons. Is it just because we're getting carried away because we've seen all these these rookies have fantastic seasons in, in the rookie season last year and, and these two guys didn't? Are we just going to fade these guys now? For me, I'm I'm still I still think there's potential for those guys to take a step forward. And then if they do add somebody in the first round, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what the Raiders actually do in the first round. But if they do grab somebody like a Devonte Smith or Rashad Bateman in that first round, then I think that could that could spell disaster for his volume and, and potentially even his red zone targets. We do know he is one of the the top red zone targets in the league, and and especially from a, a tight end position. Um. Yeah, it's, I think it's just it's a tough one, and it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out with with an incoming rookie wide receiver if they do grab one in that first round. Um, I agree, he is still my tight end three in, in dynasty, um, but I do think that the younger guys below him, I've mentioned a couple like Hawkinson uh, and Fan. I think those guys are now starting to to creep up on Wall a little bit for me. Um, so I just want to circle back to what you mentioned earlier, Kev. You said that you think there could be questions to to answer further down the road. Um, with that in mind, do, do you have Waller close to the the Titan fours and fives, or is he more close to to Kelsey and Kittle for you? Yeah, I've actually got it as a coin flip between Waller and Kittle as the Titan okay. two, Titan three. Um, if you went Waller over Kittle, I wouldn't say that's that's outrageous. Although I don't actually see it uh, in any drafts. Um, I think, like I said, there are questions down the road with the QB and the wide receiver talent on that team. However. I'm always playing on a two-year window, and I can't see Waller's value declining for at least two years. Uh, and this is if he gets the upgrade at QB. Um, if, if he does get the upgrade at QB and can emulate that chemistry car, it could be uh, elite for even longer. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see how it pay, plays out. I don't think Car will be there long term. Um, it's just a gut feeling that I don't think he will. They should be starting Mariota anyway, but that's because I'm a oh, big fan. God. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you managed to get Mariota in on a high-end landscape <laughs> episode. I can't believe it. <laughs> Gotta love it. Um, uh, speaking of love, I'm, I know Ali's got a lot of love for this uh, next item that he's talking about. Can I just quickly say, I'm, a, I'm actually on board with the Mariota. Get um, Sorry, Matt. I'm really sorry. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm not a big Derek Carr fan, personally. Um, 
So yeah, but I am a big fan of, of Cole Komet. Um, the Chicago Bears tight end number one now, hopefully. Um, and he's been he's been a screaming buy for me all of last season. Uh, could see it coming uh, with Jimmy Graham was never going to be the long-term answer for the Bears. Um, and I, thought, I think for Komet, his, his season was sort of split in two. Uh, weeks one to nine, he was playing second fiddle to, to Jimmy Graham. He only averaged 34% of snap percentage, which is pretty terrible. Uh, but then week 10 onwards, he was he was nearly out there for nearly every every snap. He was 85%, um, which is what you want in your tight end. Uh, his, his current ADP is the tight end 20, which I think is is a bit too low for me. Um, uh, and Jimmy Graham is currently still clinging on to the team. Uh, I don't really see it, though, because... Uh, they'd save seven million dollars, I think, if they if they released him. He's got a ten million cap hit, which for a tight end two that can't move is is pretty <laughs> shocking. I know he scored a, he scored quite a lot of touchdowns last season, um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him released. They're quite tight up against the cap, um, so yeah, hopefully that happens. Uh, and the Bears really only added Marquise Goodwin as a wide receiver weapon, so he doesn't scare me at all. Um, so my hopes are that they get aggressive in the draft and they don't go into the season with with Andy Dalton as as the quarterback. As much as I fear is going to happen, I uh, just I just feel for the the Bears fans um, if they have to go in relying on Andy Dalton to to get them into the playoffs. It's just never going to happen, is it? Uh, but but even even with Dalton, um, I do see Komet making a a tear jump. Um, it's my tight end 12, so I've got him way ahead of cons- consensus. Um, so, yeah, I personally love Komet as a, as a breakout candidate this season, but what do you guys think his ceiling can be? I'll be honest, I've started to cool on Komet a little bit lately. Um, I was all on board for, for the breakout, but I think that was in the hopes of improved quarterback play and, and obviously Robinson as well, he, he got... Um, franchise tagged. I think the hope was that he was gonna gonna leave, and that could open up more opportunity for um, for committing a few more targets. Uh, you just mentioned that he appeared to take over that tight end role from week ten onwards, but between that week and, and the end of the season, he was only as a tight end thirty. So I mean, it's it's nothing spectacular for me. I, I know we're saying if Jimmy Graham goes, that could potentially open up a a bit more seeing increase in, in red zone looks and, and and touchdowns. But at the moment, he's still there, Ali. So until I see him go, I'm, I'm still going to be worried that he's going to be vulturing those those touchdowns, which is just going to be so frustrating from a from a fantasy point of view. And then you just mentioned as well the the quarterback play. If it is Andy Dalton, I feel like it will be. I, I don't I can't I don't think the Bears are, are going to be able to to grab one of the top quarterbacks personally. Um, so if it is Andy Dalton again, that's just Poor quarterback play that I'm I'm not too keen on on supplying commit the balls if I'm honest. Um I think he is probably a, a low end tight end one conversation, but again, there's a number of guys around that spot that can be a low end tight end one. So I'm I think I'm fading commit at, at the value. I'd rather get somebody like Gerald Everett, um Hayden Hurst, Blake John, who we've just mentioned, all those guys are even lower in ADP. And I just think with that hype that's around commit at the minute, I know you've said um, I think that is he tight end twenty, I believe, in ADP. I, yeah. I think all the hype I'm seeing, I think he's going to go higher than that. I've seen it in drafts that he goes higher than that that tight end twenty. And for me, 
I just rather wait. I know it's it's one of Kev's favorite phrases that if you can't get one of the top guys, just just wait as long as you can and, and grab somebody later. And I think that's what I'd rather do if I'm honest. Yeah, similar to you. I'm I'm less on the call train. I think um I don't think it was an amazing prospect coming out. It was solid enough. Um he showed very, very decent athleticism, but um, he didn't jump out as a as an all-star prospect. Um I, I do see that he could have potential as a, a tight end one, uh, a low end tight end one as a peak for his career, but I don't think it's coming um this season. Um I don't see a top six overall ceiling. Um and like I said, I, I'd rather go for someone a little bit later on. You mentioned a few guys there. Um it's probably just me fading young tight ends, really. I think I, I do like the early guys that we mentioned at the top, uh, Kelsey Kittle, Waller or then just going as, as low as possible and kind of playing a game of chicken until uh, there's hardly any tight ends left. Um, and I, I kind of feel the same with Colt Komet as I do Adam Troutman. So um, what do you think, Ali? Would you, which sophomore tight end would you prefer, Colt Komet or Troutman? Well, uh, Troutman is is definitely is flying up boards at the minute with people putting two and two. Or oh, Jameis Winston, he can, he can handle an offence and put points on the board. And it could come to fruition that, Troutman's been cast into the the tight end one position in New Orleans, so it, it could happen. But I've got to live and die on the hill with my with my guy Comet. Um, I'm taking him here. I've got Troutman at the tight end sixteen, so I've moved him up, and I think he's, he's he might even have more upside than than Komet. Um But yeah, I've got Komet as uh, four places higher. So for me, they're probably both. Well, Komet's probably not at his tight end value, but um, Troutman is probably still undervalued at, at his ADP. I think, um, give it, you know, if he connects up with Winston in the season, his his ADP come next season could could be a lot higher. Yeah, I think it's a little bit similar to when we had your show other before you you joined as a co-host and was on about wide receivers, and you you mentioned Traycon Smith. I, I think for the same reasons why you'd you'd like somebody like Smith, you could probably have the same argument for Troutman. It could potentially be maybe even the, the second option when it comes to to pass cast chin weapons with with the saints um but again it all plays down to to what the saints do in the draft um same with both of these teams really i think both could could they both need a wide receiver for me so yeah it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see if they if they do go for a wide receiver early before we get go on to our next tight end, I've been asked to place an advert out for um, <laughs> one of our friends Wardy. Um he he owns this next tight end in a league we're playing called 11 Great Guys Rich, um, who was our <laughs> former co-host. Um, so uh, this next tight end we're going to speak really positively about, and hopefully we can, <laughs> we can broker a deal for Wardy in that league. So uh, who's this mystery tight end, Matt? Yeah, it's uh, it's Noah Pham. Um Finishes the tight end eight in 2020. Um, that's despite struggling with a, an ankle injury that he picked up in week four, and he struggled with that injury throughout the, the entire season. Um, he saw an increase in receptions per game in his sophomore season, um, but with the the early season injury to to Cortland Sutton, you could potentially argue that could have been a factor why he saw that increase. Um, I do expect the Broncos to to improve at quarterback in the draft. I think that in that position where we can talk about, they can try and aggressively trade up and, and grab one. Uh, he's a, a fantastic athlete. Um, when he's healthy, he's in the top ninety seven percentile in most workout metrics. Um, and it can create yards on his own when he's got the ball in his hands. So I think all the signs point towards him being one of the, the top prospects as, as regards to a tight end. 
it's just with that exciting group that they've got at wide receiver with with Sutton and Judy and Hamler, it's going to now be a, a competition for for targets. So I just want to know what you guys think. Can can Fant be an elite tight end given the competition he has for targets alongside those guys? Or yeah, I just I just want to know what your feelings are. Oh yeah, a cracking prospect coming out. I definitely think he's got a similar ceiling to uh, his, his former college teammate TJ Hawkinson. Um, I think he can get there and become elite, especially with the state of the tight end landscape in the NFL. But I think it might take a couple of years. It might be a longer curve than uh, Hawkinson, like I mentioned. Um, I see Sutton and Judy as cornerstones to build around in that offense and. I think for Fant, it all boils down to the QB. Um, I don't think Drew Locke can support all these weapons, and I don't think a rookie can support all these weapons immediately. So I think if you're a Fant guy, you're hoping for the dream landing spot of the Broncos uh, for um, a guy mentioned on our last show, uh, Justin Fields, um, that was mentioned by the lovely Linda, of course. So, um, yeah, if, if I'm a Fant owner, I'm wanting Justin Fields to land there and... Um, That'll be fantastic for him. Yeah, I think you've summed it up perfectly. Should we should we move on? No, <laughs> it, it's a difficult one for me. Uh, when you say elite, you sort of think of he's he's got to really finish in the top sort of five or six to to be elite. And I don't see it this season, but similar to Kev, I do see it in next season or the following season after that. So uh, I think it's certainly a good a good buying opportunity. Uh, this season, because I do see his his ceiling being capped with with Judy and Sutton on the team, and you know Hamler making a, a leap as well. Um, so you got to hope for a QB upgrade to start with, um, and, and then yeah, I certainly see him making that jump in in two or three years' time to the elite level, sort of when Kelsey's sort of finishing his career. Um, Fant could really take over his his athletic talent is just unbelievable. He's sort of probably top one or two at the position in terms of athleticism. Um, but yeah, the hype sort of quietened down a bit on Fant. So so for me, he's a he's a bit of a buy this season. So for you, Matt, is is he a, is he a buy sell? Or do you think he's a hold in Dynasty? Um, I think if I have him, I'm, I'm holding. You've just mentioned. I think his value is taking a bit of a dip this off season, just because of everybody getting excited about obviously the the wide receivers that the Broncos do have. Um, there's potentially value though to to grab him now. Um, you just mentioned if if the Broncos do grab a, a quarterback, I think that could potentially see a, a spike again in in his value. Um, we know with the the tight end landscape, we're, we're all trying to get somebody that can be that can be consistent and, and fantasy relevant if. If the Broncos do get an improvement at quarterback, I think there's a chance that he does become a little bit more um, solid, solid, a solid tight end to have. I think Drew Locke, obviously, I don't think any of us are big fans of, of Drew Locke on this show, but um, if we can get a better quarterback for him, then I think, yeah, there's, there's every chance it can be a little bit more consistent. And and if that happens, I think you you probably get him at a good value right now. Yeah, I think Noah Fant, Wardy, uh, 204, holler at me. Let's make a deal. <laughs> Let's do it. Sorry. All right. <laughs> I'm not offering him 204, really. Maybe maybe 208 or 210 or something. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll move on from one former Iowa um, tight end to another one, TJ Hopkinson. Um, he's currently going as a tight end six in Dynasty Startups on the back of his tight end five finish in 2020. 
Um, and he's had a solid start to his career. He's only 23 years old, which is still young for a tight end. Um, it was great for to see that he got over 100 targets, which was fifth most in 2020. Although his 11 drops were the worst in the league at the position, um, he, he was productive. It, there's definite room for growth uh, in opportunity and efficiency. He was outside the top 10 in both snaps and routes run. Uh, and plus, the lines of a new head coach in OC, which has surely got to be an upgrade on the incompetent Matt Patricia. Plus, the loss of starting wide receivers, superstar Kenny Gorday, uh, which Matt will love, and Marvin <laughs> Jones. Uh, so I think it gives a great opportunity for uh, Ockenson to break out. Um, and the Lions have only added Brashad Perryman and Tyrell Williams. Uh, but they are in position to draft one of these solid rookie wide receivers, whether it be Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle. Um, I still think the Lions will be a team that's pretty poor, playing from behind a lot, so I do think the pass volume will remain strong. So with all things considered, do either of you guys see Hawkinson making the leap into that elite tier of Kelsey, Kittle and Waller in 2021? Uh, I, I do, actually. Um, I'm probably going to predict it. Um, I can see a bit of regression for, for Waller. Um, as with, with the reasons that we've we've mentioned, um, and then also maybe Andrews as well. Um, and at the same time, I think Hawkinson does he does take that next step, so he could he could be up there with the Kittles, um, and probably not Kelsey, but he's he's probably going to hopefully finish sort of tight end two, tight end three. Um, for me, it's it's all about Hawkinson and, and Swift in Detroit this season. I think they're going to be target machines. Uh, they're on the they're on a tanking team. So they're going to be playing from behind a lot. There's going to be a lot of garbage time touchdowns. Uh, there's going to be a lot of receptions going. And you you know what Jared Goff, he loves to find a tight end. Um, some a little hot take about Hopkinson. I think he finishes only behind Kelsey in in receptions in, in 2021 at the Ooh. tight end position. Hot take. Love it. Hot take from the grill. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm just like you, Ali. I think if I, if I was going to put money on a guy that's outside of those top three tight ends who was going to break into into that group, it would be Hawkinson for me as well. Um, we usually see that top fantasy tight ends they tend to come from from these situations where they are one of the top pass catching options, and I think right now is arguably the top option in in Detroit. Um, I do expect him to to draft at least one wide receiver. Um, but even so, he's, he's still going to be one of the top options for me. And as you just mentioned, Jared Goff even managed to keep Tyler Higby fantasy relevant in 2019. And you know my feelings on that guy. So if he can do it with somebody like him, then I think sky's the limit for, for Hawkinson. Um, like you both mentioned, with, with the Lions heading into that rebuild, um, they're going to be chasing games. There's going to be plenty of passing opportunities for, for Hawkinson. Um, and yeah, I just think all the signs are pointing towards Hawkinson taking that step forward and... I think if there is any guy that's that's going to take that leap, it'd be it'd be him for me. He's also entering his his third year, and as we, we mentioned earlier, that tends to be um, that time when when tight ends start to adjust. So yeah, I'm, I'm all on board Hawkinson in in 2021. Um, Kev, how much would the Lions drafting a top wide receiver cool your hopes on on Hawkinson breaking into that elite tier? Uh, I, I wouldn't be too worried, to be honest. Uh, I can't see a rookie coming in and owning this offence right away unless it is uh, one of the best prospects in, in recent memory in Jamar Chase. Uh, it'd be criminal if he made it past pick six. Um, like, like we've all said, the, the Lions will be playing from behind plenty in 2021. I think there'll be enough volume to go around. 
I think Ockenson will have uh, a ton of targets, and I'll be shocked if he's any lower than tight end six next off season. It, yeah. uh, and like Ali said, it's it's well within his range of outcomes to to make that jump and be. Be a, be a nailed on top four because I think at the moment he's sort of on that cusp of four five. I think if he has a massive season, he's he's gonna he's gonna create a new tier which he's a part of as well. Um, the only thing that stops him for me is injury or if DeAndre Swift has a hundred catch season. So um, <laughs> if that does happen, I'll also be happy because they were like Swift. But, <laughs> yeah, that, that's wishful yeah. thinking. That can. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Well, we we now enter what we uh, what we're going to call the Homer Simpson section of the show, <laughs> where we'll be discussing tight ends from each of the teams we support, and we'll kick off with the reigning Super Bowl champs and Ali. Did I mention that we we won the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's Rob Gronkowski. No, it's not. It's it's the forgotten man. It's it's OJ Howard. Um, He's been he's been trending in in the opposite way to to my doggy coins recently. Um, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's it's ADP at the minute is is the tight end twenty seven, which I don't even I probably couldn't even recognise the the tight ends that he's down next to. Um, this time last year he was the tight end thirteen, so it just shows how far he's fallen in in a short space of time. He's uh he's been so unlucky with. With injuries, he's he's such a talent. Um, I think the the Bucks took him with, with the nineteenth pick uh, back in twenty seventeen. Uh, they obviously had high hopes of him, um, and he's he's flashed. He's he's really flashed in spells, and um, he hit it off with Winston. and And we saw in in the four games in twenty twenty, he, he combined with uh, Brady combined with him really well. He scored two touchdowns. Um, he was the tight end fifteen uh, before he went down to the. The Achilles injury, which ended his season. Um, I think he's back fully healthy again now. Um, so, so for me, he's going to be someone that I try and draft right at the bottom of of uh, of the drafts. That I think is is a bit of a forgotten man. Um, it's actually over the four years that he's been there. It's been it's been Cam Brait that's been the person to put up more the most points um, over the four years. Uh, but the the Bucks have picked up his fifth year option. So this this could be well be his final year on the team, and there's not been any indication yet whether the the Buccaneers are going to extend Howard. Um, so a recent quote, quite funny, that Bruce Arians has said the sky's the limit for what OJ Howard can do in this offense in 2021, which uh, you've got to take that with a bit of a pinch of salt, really, because he also said a couple of weeks ago that that Keyshawn Vaughn is heading for a breakout season. So, <laughs> Believe what what you will. Um, so my question for you two is: uh, Is do you think OJ Howard can be fantasy relevant again in this sort of loaded tamper offense, or do you think he needs to move away next season to increase his value? Yeah, well, well, I'm hoping he can be fantasy relevant. I'm, I'm like you, Ali. I'm, I've been a big fan of him ever since he came into the league. Um, as you mentioned, uh, another athletic tight end who was selected with the 19th pick in 2017. And then in 2018, he was heading towards a, a breakout season. He was the tight end six um, before going down injured in week 11. And he still managed to finish the tight end 14 despite only playing 10 games. So shows what a, what a great start to year he made in that year. Um, but as you say, it's, it's the injuries that are the big frustration for me um it, it was looking like making a really solid start last year um, he had a couple of touchdowns a couple of 50 yard games in those first four games but i just say missed the, the rest of the season with a ruptured achilles um 
it's just frustrating because to me, I think he, he profiles as a tight end that Tom Brady would absolutely love. Um, he just needs to stay healthy, and, and that's the the thing that's that's constantly frustrating me. Um, does he need to to move on in in twenty twenty two? Potentially, I mean, Tom Brady is not going to be around forever. So even if I do, I do like the the connection with Brady, I, I don't think Brady's going to be playing for for much longer. So yeah, hopefully get into an offense. I mean, it was it was well mentioned that Bruce Arians is he's not a big fan of tight ends anyway. Um, never really targeted tight ends much when he's been a, a head coach anywhere. So yeah, potentially a move away could be just what we need for OJ Howard and and a healthy season more than anything. I think. Yeah, I, I don't want to upset you, because I like you, but um, I, I want him out of Tampa. Um, I think it'll be a mess with him, Gronk and Bray, who um, <laughs> I looked a bit into Bray, and he, he signed a six-year, $40 million deal back in 2018, <laughs> which I couldn't believe when I looked at it. When I, when I found it out, I was shocked. Um, but yeah, I, I'm tired of Bruce Arians, to be honest. He's uh, partly for what he did to Ronald Jones, but also... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got the second one in, didn't I? Um, but, but also the way he uses tight end, it's it's only since Brady's now the head coach that um, they've started using the tight end yeah. as well. So um, for me, get get our traded or released after the season. Cheers, Tom. Um, but yeah, I, I still really like OG Howard. I'm not sure if you could tell. So I just just want to know, Ali, um, as the resident books fan, what would you pay to acquire OJ Howard as a bench dash with upside in an existing league? Um, probably, well, it's a good question actually, because I've recently traded for him in a, in a dynasty league and I paid the free 11 pick. So free. I feel that that's, it might be quite high for some people, uh, but I can see, I can see his upside. Um, I felt that it was about right. It's a, it's a long shot. Um, the free 11 pick for me is always a bit of a wild card. So to get OJ Howard, who I still think's got that upside, is still he's still fairly young. I think he's 25, 26 years old. Um, and my hopes is he's not really been on the field much. So to be honest, he doesn't affect the Buccaneers that much. If if he can uh, get healthy and and find success elsewhere, then then good luck to him. Um, I mean, who knows what the the tight end room at the Buccaneers is going to look for look like next season? Uh, whether Gronk will stick around if Brady's there. For another season, uh, Bray on that massive multi-million contract. <laughs> it's, it's worth every penny. He caught he caught the Lombardi Trophy. He stopped it from <laughs> going into the the, the lake. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so for me, the free I wasn't prepared to pay any more than the three eleven. But I felt that was that was half decent value. I'm happy to stash him with a hope that he does get a move away next year. Yeah. I mean, I know we're we're all diehard dynasty players, aren't we? But there'll be shallower leagues where he's probably on your waivers. So I know we we're obviously we play with some some serious competition, don't we, guys? Oh, yeah. He's on no waivers in any leagues we're in. But I mean, there's there's every chance that if you're in a, a shallow league that you can grab him, and I think he does have that that upside, like Ellie says. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think uh, OJ Howard is a guy that's coming to the end of his first contract, and he he could be on the move, and we're We'd be open for him, I think, is the the, the vibe I'm getting. Um, okay. I, and we'll move on to his, his next guy as well, who's a, a tight end that might be on the move in the near future, but might not be as um, positive on this guy, Matt. <laughs> no, definitely not. It's uh, Evan Engram. Um, we finally got to see a, a full season of him being healthy and, and not getting injured. What an absolute disappointment it was. Um, finishes the tight end 16, 
And yet that's despite being fourth in, in targets amongst tight ends. So it just shows even with that volume, he still couldn't produce. Um, just two touchdowns in 2020 meant that, as I say, just even with that volume, he couldn't be a, a solid tight end, which which I think was a bit of a shock. I think a lot of people were hoping for a bit of a breakout, knowing that he could um, have a, plenty of opportunities in this offence. Um, he struggled with drops. I think he ranked second in drops amongst tight ends. Um, and I just feel that that last last season was his his last chance. I think to to show us that he could be that Evan Ingram that we saw in his his rookie season. Um, he basically had the whole offense to himself in regards to um, to a passing target and just just completely failed, didn't he? Um, now the Giants have obviously got their next superstar um, wide receiver, Kenny Galladay, and. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't be at all surprised to, to see him draft another wide receiver. If I, I do think that we'll, we'll be looking at another wide receiver in the draft. So with that in mind, I just think the opportunity now is gone from, for Engram. So if he can't do it when he's, he's the top option, I think he's really going to struggle being the, the third, fourth option when, when Saquon Barkley's back as well. Um, but yeah, what, what do you guys think? Do you think he can bounce back in 2021 or as that arrival of the, the Messiah, has, has that now ended any hopes? <laughs> Yeah, I think first of all, last year was a huge disappointment. Um, a lot, lot, lot worse than than I expected it would be. Um, but I do actually think, other than the injuries uh, early on in his career, he did make a solid start as a as an NFL player. Uh, he was a tight end for as a rookie, which is amazing considering the early struggles of every tight end on the planet that comes into the league. They always seem to struggle early on. And then he was a tight end seven in fantasy points per game in 2018 and 2019, which it shows when he was on the field, he does produce. Um, last year, I did expect more, especially with without Saquon over 100 targets or any wide receiver of note standing out. I think that was his chance to shine, but it, it did disappoint. He was still fourth in targets and fifth in tight end receptions, but his overall lack of touchdowns kills him. He's only got 13 in his 50 career games, actually, so... I think he needs to move to reignite his dynasty value. So I'm happy to actually pick him up on the cheap or hold him as a bench stash, but I won't be banking on him in 2021. Yeah, just similar for me, really. I think he's been he's been living off his, his rookie season hype, to be honest. I thought everyone thought he was a sensation in finishing as the tight end four, but he's just never progressed from there. When he is healthy, he's, he's a bit of a target machine. Um he was that alpha target when he was healthy and when OBJ left the Giants. Um, but now Galladay coming in, he's, he's going to be the clear number one receiver. And they've, they've still got talented receivers like Sterling Shepard and, and Darius Slayton. Uh, Saquon Barkley coming back, he has plenty of targets. Um, and they've also got Caden Smith, um, young tight end, who, who has impressed in, in spurts when given the chances. Um, so I'm not completely ruling it out, but I'm definitely not going to bank on on Engram bouncing back. Um, he's for tight end 13, so he's he's in that wasteland area where they can finish from six down to 26. It, it, it really is that difficult. Um, but it, if I've got him, I'm holding him. Um, or if if there's any sort of offer comes in, with if I can pick up a, a rookie pick, I'll probably probably take it. Um, so a question for you, Matt. Now that superstar Kenny G is, is in the building, would you be selling your Ingram shares? Or do you think his value is that low now that he's actually a hold? I think he has to be a hold for me. Um, 
we've just been mentioning it. I think his value has dropped off that much now that you're going to be getting next to nothing back for him. Um, as much as I've just slated him basically for, for what he did last year. Um, I still think he's a tight ta- ta- end. He's, he's, I know for a fact that he's one of the, the quickest tight ends um, in the league. He, he ran the quickest time at the Combine. So he's definitely a, one of the most athletic if he can land in a, another offense, as Kev said, and maybe just get that new lease of life in a, in new surroundings. Then, yeah, now's probably maybe the time to, to even acquire him on the cheap. Um, but if I own him, yeah, I'm just going to hold and and wait and see how it plays out. For me personally, as a Giants fan, I wouldn't even be upset if if we just got rid of him. In all honesty, um, I, th- I think we could. I think we could still get something from him in, in regards to a trade. Just move on from him. We'll, we'll start again at tight end, and if that happens, then he's likely going to see a, a spike in his value in terms of fantasy. So, yeah, hold or, or buy for me. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. The t- last two guys we've spoke about, Howard and Engram. I think, I think both those guys are pretty nice targets if you're in a big rebuild. I'd rather spend a third rounder on a guy like that that's potentially a year away from standing out and contributing again, but they've got a lot better chance of hitting than a third round rookie pick. So that's that's just a little tip for you rebuilders out there. Um, yeah. so I'm just going to say with the, the picture just mentioned, Kev, about acquiring him, if you're going to grab a, a rookie tight end at that at that position, I'd much rather have somebody that's that's been in the league, as we've just said, with how long it takes tight ends to develop. There's no way I'm drafting a tight end with the with 311 or whatever it is. I'd, I'd much rather just get somebody like Howard that can potentially hit straight away. Yeah, bang on. And we come on to the last tight end of tight ends with my eagle so because i'm me i had to pick two tight ends and i couldn't just stick to one i had to be different um so selfish. yeah uh, selfish yeah disgusting, <laughs> disgusting human um so i've gone for zach Ertz and dallas god obviously um Ertz is under contract through 2021 but he is expected to be traded this all off season to be honest but more than likely on draft night um if he's still on the Eagles beyond the draft, we have to assume he's going to be part of the plans for next season. Um, and also his, his teammate, Dallas Goddard, he's entering the last year of his rookie deal. So Goddard owners have been waiting for years for us to leave uh, and for him to have the full opportunity in this offence. Um, the Eagles have consistently been top three in tight end targets under former coach Doug Peterson. However, this is a new regime and scheme under Nick Sviani. Um, the, the flip side is it shouldn't be too dissimilar to the previous 10 years. Both have got ties through Colts coach Frank Reich. Uh, but it is safe to say that both of these players do cap each other's upside. Any other sort of got an owner knows what I'm talking about. Um, both these guys were top 10 in 2019, although I do think it's a real struggle to see anything like that again with Jalen Hurts as the starter in 2021. So want to know from you guys, what do you think about the Eagles uh, at tight end? Um which one of these guys will have a better season in 2021? Uh, I'm definitely team team Goddard here. Um, I've been I've been buying him, hoping for the Ertz to move on, and I I can still see it happening. Um, I'd love to see Ertz get traded to to Indianapolis to to pair yes. up with Wentz, Wentz again. I think it's a perfect combination. I think they've got plenty of cap space still. Um, they, they did give him permission to seek a trade over a month ago now, and it's just gone all quiet. So I can't understand what's happening. My guess is that he gets traded before the before the draft or on draft night, um, which would be the best for both, really, because 
a bit like New England now. With um, the Titans are just going to cancel each other out. And you said they did have good a good 2019 season together, but it's it's not going to happen again. Um, we saw how washed up Ertz looked last season. Um, so I'm I'm definitely team team Gollett going forward. Um, I think if if Ertz was to leave the team, he could be in prime position for for a big season. Um, you know, he could he could reach that almost elite level. Uh, his his talent is there. He's he's been on the team. He knows the offense. Um, it's it's all there for Goddard, really. Uh, he's he's my dynasty titan seven. So I've got him expecting Ertz to leave and, and him having a good season. Um, but I think it definitely needs Ertz to leave for that to happen. Yeah, I agree. I, I just really hope that Ertz gets traded, if I'm honest. Um, as just mentioned, I think the Colts would be a great spot for him and, and great for me as a, a Goddard owner. Um, I've been a fan of him for a while. I think I've been just waiting for this moment, really, that the Eagles finally move on from him. So now the fact that he's still on the Eagles is is really starting to bother him, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> you mentioned it earlier, Kev, the fact that Hertz is, is the quarterback, that kind of takes a shine off him as well a little bit for me. Um I get that he's still a, a steady amount of targets, but I think it's just the quality of those targets that, that's the big worry for me when it comes to, to Hertz being the quarterback. Um, and then there's obviously the, the chance that the Eagles do take a wide receiver in this draft. They've they've moved down to that spot where they could be targeting somebody. I know, Kev, you don't like it, but Devontae Smith, if if they're around that spot, they could be quick, they could getting somebody like that. And again, that just adds to, to competitions for targets in 2021. Um, but I do still think he's a, a great um, dynasty tight end to own. Uh, he has shown that ability and, and I do think he'll outperform it in 2021. Um, even if Hertz went to, to the Colts, I think I'd still prefer to have, have Goddard. I think Hertz is now towards the back end of his career and, and you could argue that Goddard is probably right at the, the point where tight ends start to, to develop and, and become um, fantasy relevant. So, yeah, I just worry that we, we might have to wait another year if, if Hertz does stick around. Um, we might have to wait to, to get that full reward that we've been waiting for from, from Goddard. Uh, so, Kev, where do you have him in your in your dynasty rankings? I'm just interested to know because I've been moving him up, down, left, right, all over the place. Um, I just can't really find a spot that I'm happy on. So, just wonder where you've got him. Yeah, I've got got a tight end eight. Uh, it's really interesting. I've got Ertz pretty close, tight end ten, okay. um, and, and I could see both outperforming if we do get our wish and see Ertz traded. Um, and I do think Goddard is he could have similar numbers to Mark Andrews. He could be a top five tight end if if the trade does happen uh, but I just don't think Goddard's own, God owners could cope if it still stick around another year I think it'd be it'd be too much for them they'd lose the plot and um, I'm sure we'd see plenty of uh, plenty of Goddard trades in season if it still stick around because we're just so fed up <laughs> of the uh, breakout uh, being paused again so, I'll be honest I were, I were a little bit worried Kev I thought you know when the Eagles had picks, um, pick six was six. it yeah, I was, I was I was getting worried that they might move it and, and then grab pits and we were just going to have this, this whole headache all over again. So in a way, I'm I'm kind of happy that they've moved down a little bit, but you never know they might they might jump back up. <laughs> yeah, Roseman doesn't have a clue. Pick six would just, <laughs> it was just perfect. He could have had Trey Lance or Pitts yeah, or yeah. he's he's an idiot. Uh, Get him out, <laughs> Roseman out. Uh, I've set him I've set him off, Ali. Oh dear. <laughs> Speaking we're not, of we're not big Hurts fans, are we? <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely not 
And speaking of out, it's it's almost time for us to get out as well. It's the end of the show and it's the end of our Dynasty Landscape series where today we've analysed the Dynasty Titan landscape. Um, before we go, I'll get final thoughts on today's show from you both, Ali. What's your thoughts? Just for me, it's, this is the most difficult position to, to rank, really. Um, I think if you went to all the top analysts, um, they'd all have completely different tight end rankings where if you went to, to running back wide receiver, they'd all be pretty similar. So it's it's really difficult one to to trawl through, really. Um, you've got that elite VIP area with, with Kelsey, Kittle, Waller and Hawkinson hopefully joining them soon. But but other than that, you've got a wasteland and and really you can any tight end can finish top six, you know, six position or, or they can finish in the in the twenties. It's it's that difficult. Um but my final thoughts are just buy TJ Hawkinson. What any price, <laughs> just <laughs> just buy him. You won't regret it. Sounds like um, sounds like a mansion in a in a council estate, that, doesn't it? A bit. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Matt? Yeah, just basically echoing what Ali said. I think the whole position, it's just an absolute headache when it comes in in, in fantasy. Um, you do get such a, a positional advantage if you do manage to get one of the top two or three guys. But I think we've, we've managed to highlight a few guys that are a little bit lower down the list. Obviously, Ali is, is, is preaching how much he loves Hawkinson and, and Ev Smith as well, who, who myself and Ali like, Kev, not so much. But I just think, yeah, that we've highlighted a few guys that you could potentially target if you do miss out on those top guys. And... In all honesty, I think that's probably the, the best strategy to to go at if you, if you don't get one of those Kittles, Kelsers or, or Wallers. Yeah, and just reiterating my strategy at tight end, it's go big or go home. Um, and, and also, I'd just like to apologise to Logan Thomas fans that he didn't really get a lot of spotlight today. He did get <laughs> a lot of fans. <laughs> well, got no um, fans. <laughs> I think uh, Wheelstone Warriors uh, might, be, might be a fan of him, but... Um, but yeah, he didn't get a shout out on this show. Obviously, you guys Good. hate Logan <laughs> Thomas, uh, so apologies for to the to the uh, Wheelston Raider uh, for that one. Um, but yeah, that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Wildcard. We also have our Linktree site on our Twitter page, where you can find all of our podcasts and shows on YouTube. Please check it out and hit the subscribe. Uh, and join us on Sunday, the 25th of April at 7pm UK, 2pm US Eastern, as we welcome on the fantastic Dave Wright of Dynasty League Football. We'll be running through a two-round Dynasty Superflex rookie mock draft. Sure oh, to be a fun one, no doubt. <laughs> um, it's actually our last show as well before the NFL draft, so we'll be giving you plenty of information to uh, uh, give you the ammunition to dominate your Dynasty League. So thank you once again. Have a good one. And we'll see you soon. Cheers. See you later. When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game.